Zaporizhia, following the shelling of the Russian-controlled nuclear power plant in Ukraine, many say it's become the world's most dangerous facility. The International Atomic Energy Agency has rung the alarm, warning of a possible nuclear catastrophe. Can Europe's biggest nuclear power plant be protected? And in the Eastern Hemisphere, Iran has announced it's enriching uranium at its Fordo nuclear facility at 60%. Following a failed nuclear deal between the Islamic Republic and the West, is there any sign Iran is trying to build a nuclear weapon? And while the world's nuclear watchdog and other nuclear superpowers demand transparency from Iran, some in the region accuse the IAEA of hypocrisy relating to Israel's nuclear program. With the global nuclear arsenal nearing 13,000 weapons, mostly in the hands of the US and Russia, it seems an increasing number of countries are trying to expand their nuclear capabilities. Given the fundamental threat to humanity these weapons pose, should the Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons that was signed in 1968 be revised? These are some of the questions we put to the Director General of the International Atomic Energy Agency, Rafael Mariano Grossi, talks to Al Jazeera. Rafael Mariano Grossi, Director General of the International Atomic Energy Agency, thank you for talking to Al Jazeera. These are extraordinary times here in Qatar with the World Cup underway. You're from Argentina, a nation of passionate football fans. Lionel Messi has resurrected the chances of the team to move forward, but this is not what we're going to talk about. We're moving to talk about Iran, which has recently announced it was enriching uranium at Fordham facility at 60%. Now, the IA is responsible for monitoring nuclear plants and countries' nuclear programs to ensure that they stay peaceful and are safely operated. When we say 60%, is that an inflection point in Iran's program? Well, it is certainly closer to weapon grade. Weapon grade is 90%. This is 60%. No one is saying that they are making nuclear weapons. But at the same time, it is obvious that the constant accumulation of material at those very high levels require a very intensive presence of the IAEA inspectors to check that everything is in order. At the same time, we have been having some problems in terms of uh, getting from Iran necessary clarifications about traces of uranium which our inspectors found in places which in principle should have not been uh, posted to any nuclear activity. So um, uh, when you put all these things together, of course, there are some, there's a need mm -hmm. for transparency. Let, 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 let's put it in a less dramatic way. There is a need for transparency. And you're looking forward to, to get some answers from the Iranians about it. Now, when, 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 when the Iranians say that they are injecting uranium gas into new centrifuges, from a technical perspective, as far as you are concerned, is this an indication that they are rapidly moving towards enriching Uranium yes, to I unprecedented mean, levels. Th this means that what they said that they would be doing, they are doing it, and they are doing it fast. They are mm -hmm. moving fast to augmenting, increasing in quite a significant way mm -hmm. the uh, enrichment capacity and therefore mm -hmm. the accumulation 
of uh, enriched uh, uranium. I, I would assume that this is the way you operate at the IAEA, which yeah. is basically you have indicators, red flags, and you start to monitor the, thing, the way things move. Let's look at what the Iranians themselves have been saying, that they, are, they have six cascades or clusters of IR6, yeah. which are the most yeah. advanced models advanced, of the center, yes. centrifuges, uh, operating at Fardo and Natanz. And they are planning to add extra oh, 14 more, more capacity, yes. uh, centrifuges to replace the old generation. What does that mean? Well, it means that there is a determination to enrich, enrich more and faster. If you go back to, for example, the, uh, the agreement that they had with the uh, P5, I mean the five the GCPOA? The famous JCPOA. Uh, it allowed for a limited uh, 5,000 or so um, in, uh, centrifuges, which are the machines mm -hmm. where you enrich uranium, um, of an older generation, the IR, the so-called IR1s, mm -hmm. which were, you know, slower, and it was agreed that it could uh, happen in this way. No, now we are moving into IR2s, IR4s, IR6s, um, adding, as you are rightly describing, thousands of centrifuges and and many and dozens of uh, cascades, mm -hmm. which are the so um, apart from the figures which could be anything, 20, 21, uh, 2000, what it means is that they are moving ahead, they are enriching more, far above what mm -hmm. had been agreed before. So there is clearly uh, a message uh, behind this. Correct me if I am wrong. The new generation of centrifuges are 10 times faster than some the older are, one. Some are, some are, depending on the combination. As and, we are and we are, as we are saying, they have different types. Mm -hmm. So um, it is a, a matter of more efficiency um, in the production of the material. Which and is as far as you are concerned, the moment you get a sense that a nation is operating with just with the old generation, is it just a strong indication that this is purely for peaceful purposes? Well, I would say the technology with which you enrich is not an indicator of intentions. Mm -hmm. What is an indicator of intentions, maybe, if you, f if you work well with the agency? I mean, they have a right to enrich uranium. Mm -hmm. uh, uranium enrichment is not per se forbidden, but you have to be aware that there are perceptions and that you have a responsibility to give uh, assurances that everything that you're doing is mm -hmm. clear, that there is no diversion of nuclear material for purposes which are not peaceful. And here we, we still have areas where we do not see eye to eye with Iran. And this is all we are saying. We have to sit down, we have to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. We have some inspection activity in Iran. It is not that the IEA is not present mm -hmm. at all, but there has been a steady reduction in the capacity that we have. You may remember that in June they removed 27 cameras yeah. that they had voluntarily agreed to have. Well, the moment you do this, mm -hmm. um, the message that you are sending to the IEA and through the IEA to the international community is that you want the international community to see less. If you want them to see less, why is it so? So what we are saying is this is not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Work with the IEA, be transparent, work with us. Now, you said that you've been lo looking forward to get some assurances from the Iranians. In a report uh, published by the IAEA in July, you said that Iran has somehow 43 kilograms of enriched uranium. Uh, enriched now it's more. Uh, they say now not 49. At a purity of 60%, which is enough to acquire uh, 
for one nuclear weapon. Now, mm -hmm. if you have that, that's one thing. Designing a weapon is something else. Exactly. Delivery system well is something said. else. When you look at the bigger picture for our audience, the GCPO was talking about a cap of 3.67%. Exactly. That's We're talking exactly. about 60%. Exactly. Isn't this a failure? Well, I think what one can say is that the JCPOA, of what remains of it, uh, has become, in practical term, terms, irrelevant. Mm -hmm. It will have to be revived, and I think there is still maybe a glimmer of hope that this could be done, although, I mean, it's in the hands of those negotiating. I am not negotiating that. I am the inspector. Mm -hmm. I am the guarantor. The, of the agreement. At the moment, it, there doesn't seem to be much action. We hope that they can uh, agree on that and we are going to be inspecting it. Mm -hmm. But again, if you uh, turn off inspection capacities mm -hmm. of the agency, how I am to provide assurances that the baselines I mean, the amounts, mm -hmm. what Iran has, how many centrifuges, how much nuclear material, um, what are the places that they are working, is a credible mm -hmm. um, information. And this is what I'm trying to convince my Iranian colleagues that they have to accept that without us, given the assurances that must be needed, mm -hmm. there, won't, there won't be confidence. But at the same time, they seem to be very much frustrated with your reports. They say they are not fair, that they are politically motivated and that they are not really looking yes. into the real concerns of the Iranians. Now, two years since your teams had full access to the nuclear sites in Iran, five months since the surveillance equipment was removed, you said that you're present in a way or another as IA in Iran. Uh, are you hoping that you, you will be able to negotiate a settlement with the Iranians to allow the teams back? Well, we have to uh, improve dramatically our level of cooperation. Our level of cooperation is nowhere near where it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, we used to have a high-level dialogue politically. It is not there anymore. Um, the visits of our inspectors are sometimes postponed with, without a real reason. So everything is very laborious. Everything is very difficult. So what we are saying is that we need to change this. We need to reset urgently. And now, would you be able, if you get a chance to go back to Iran, to put together the, all the elements of what there happened? There is a possibility that we could, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's, it's becoming increasingly difficult. Mm -hmm. If you ramp up all your activities, as you were describing, mm -hmm. more machines, more material, less transparency, then when, when uh, we are back there, and we are there already, but mm -hmm. not at the levels we should be, uh, when we try to reconstruct the jigsaw puzzle, what is it? that is going on, what is the, the, the overall picture, it's going to be more difficult. It is, it is not so strange to say that. So when, whenever they or anybody else would say this is politically motivated, we say no. Our, our job is to tell things as they are mm -hmm. without adorning them in, 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 in any way. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the simple reality. If you don't like the reality, change it. You're not, you're not a party to the GCPOA? No. However, people think that there is an, uh, a connection between the, uh, reinstating the GCPO and uh, allowing the inspectors back into yes. Iran. The reason why I'm asking you this is because do you think that the key component is getting answers from the Iranians about the presence well, of nuclear material at those undeclared sites? You know, it's a good point because giving answers to the IEA on these things we are asking them is not an optional, it's an obligation. So these linkages, I understand, 
we will live in a political world and, and, and decision, political decision makers, and I mm -hmm. don't have uh, anything to say about that. Political decision make, makers may, may say, well, uh, you know, if I do this, maybe I can do, I can do the, other, the other thing. They can make whatever connections they want. I am not going to be chasing the connections they make. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to be saying is, you have an obligation. This is not a voluntary thing. JCPOA has many voluntary things, but to respond to the IEA is an obligation. Mm -hmm. As simple as that. Okay, these are unprecedented times. Indeed. Particularly when it comes to the growing level of anxiety about the potential of a uh, nuclear disaster. And this is going to bring me to the issue of Ukraine. Zaporizhia, Europe's biggest nuclear plant. Is it going to be an exaggeration if I say, or if I describe the plant, as the most dangerous place on earth? Well, it's a place where there are enormous dangers, I would say. This is the way I would put it, mm -hmm. uh, because it's, uh, as you rightly say, the biggest six reactors, uh, 1,000 megawatt, uh, each one of these reactors, so dozens of, thousands uh, of nuclear material mm -hmm. uh, enriched uranium, plutonium in the spent fuel, uh, which is there. And this place, uh, as, as incredible as this may sound, it's been shelled. Can you imagine that? It's been shelled. Or the, um, uh, the external power sources, the lines that feed the plant and allow the plant to be uh, cooled down oh. so the reactors can operate normally, are being interrupted. Wittingly or unwittingly, mm -hmm. this is a war, and this is a war zone. So what we are saying is, and what I have been proposing, and what I have been negotiating with um, Ukraine, mm -hmm. and of course with Russia, which is in effective control of the facility, is the establishment of a protection zone around the plant. So whatever the military or whatever the military actions take us or them, there is a recognition that a nuclear power plant as a target is a no-go. Mm -hmm. Share with us. I understand you're really, I know these are delicate times of being very cautious talking about these issues. Could you just share with us a glimpse of what happens behind closed doors when you're suddenly looking into the maps, talking about the latest updates, and suddenly someone says, you know what, the reactors constantly need to be cooled down, but then we need circulating water, you need to have a constant supply of electricity, there are shells which are flying yeah. into those areas, there is a massive concern for something terribly happening there. What happens when you talk about this particular well, issue? Well, our teams have been uh, working 24-7 um, since February 24th of this year, when this war started. And don't forget, we started with Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. Chernobyl was also occupied, then, then the, the troops uh, withdrew. From there, there were some uh, informations about uh, the place being um, in, in danger of, an, uh, uh, again, um, radiation um, leaks and things like that. So we deployed there. Then the Zaporizhia uh, crisis came. And the three other nuclear uh, power plants in, uh, there are 15 reactors, mm -hmm. but four sites. Um, the three other, Rivne, Menitsky, and South Ukraine, were also in shutdown and operating with emergency diesel generators mm -hmm. because the grid had been attacked or, or was interrupted. So I would, I would say we don't have time to, for fear. We are all the time, you know, 
on the on the action, trying to see what is needed in mm -hmm. different parts and what are the technical solutions we can discuss with uh, the Ukrainian operators uh, to to uh, see to it that there is no accident. That moment, that very particular moment, though, it was the first time in 40 years when the reactors had to be running on uh, uh, on diesel generators. Was it a risky moment? Well. It was, and it still is, because it is happening. This is why I've been saying this is playing with fire. We know that there can be an accident any, any time. So what I am telling the world, and I, I went to the Security Council, as, as you know, and I said, who do we have to blame if there is a nuclear accident mm -hmm. one of these days? Certainly not Mother Nature, as it happened with mm -hmm. Fukushima, or a very strange concourse of circumstances in an opaque political system like it happened at the times of the Soviet Union in 1986 with Chernobyl. With Chernobyl now yeah. we know. We know. We know what is happening. We know what needs to be done to prevent it. When, it. when it comes to what needs to be done, you've had talks recently with the Russians. Yes. And you know that you are an advocate of a protection zone around the site. Yes. When you say a protection zone, are we talking about the presence, a militarized presence around the area? What a we buffer are zone? Uh, what are you talking it, about? It, it is a complex concept mm -hmm. because there are no, there's no ceasefire negotiation or no demilitarization uh, talks. What we are, let me put it in very simple terms. Mm -hmm. Don't shoot at the plant. Okay. And this is far simpler and far safer, or from the plant, and far safer and viable. And this can be done with the IAEA as the technical authority that can guarantee that this is happening. We were talking basically about a no-fly zone, no a buffer zone, uh, demilitarized zone no to shoot. ensure that no a radius shoot. of 30 Don't kilometers. Shoot. Okay. Don't shoot from above, from below, or from underground. And the people who are doing this know exactly what they're doing. Uh, all this is happening at the same time when the North Korea is yes. continues its program of testing uh, missiles. How do you see it? Well, the problem with North Korea uh, is that unlike the case of, of Iran, and this is why we are trying so hard, mm to prevent uh, a, a failure there is that with North Korea until 2006, we were all also in this uh, dire straits. Um, we failed and we as an international community, I mean, and uh, North Korea crossed the line and now is a nuclear weapon possessor um, state. Not legitimate, but they have a, a huge arsenal. When you combine this, with uh, missile capabilities, well, you see that you have an actor around the table that decided to leave the system because they are not under the aegis or the authority of the IEA. They left something which is called the Non-Proliferation Treaty. The which NPT. Is the, 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 the NPT, the famous NPT. So they are completely isolated on their own. We are, even in these circumstances, telling them Talk to the IEA, we can de-escalate. We can do things to reduce the dangers of uh, use of nuclear weapons. There. But don't you think that this could be the moment to reinvent some of the aspects of the NPT itself and talks with the IEA? Because ultimately we're, we're seeing that the trend is there. Nations are moving towards acquiring nuclear weapons because they're saying, well, you know what, if others have it, why don't we have it? Well, this is why the nuclear, the NPT and the mm -hmm. nuclear non-proliferation order, if you want to call it somewhere, mm -hmm. has by and large been a great success. Um, President Kennedy, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, in 1962 said, this 
trend, we are going to have 35, 40 countries with nuclear weapons, which could have been the case, actually, if you look uh -huh. at the technologi technology or technological aspects. Uh, so how many countries have the technology? So, um, and it, it has, by and large, not happened. We have a handful of countries. Of course, we shouldn't have uh -huh. countries having nuclear weapons, but this is another discussion, uh -huh. maybe. Uh, what we need is to prevent uh, cases of, no of, of proliferation. This is why it is so important that we succeed uh, in Iran, among other places. But you know, the, the, the principle is flawed, philosophically speaking. And I'll tell you why, as, as far, because you know, it's all about perceptions. I'll share with you some of the perception in this part of the world. I think your ultimate goal is to enforce the Middle East, for example, since we are in this part yes. of the world, which is free of nuclear weapons. Yes. Why aren't you saying anything about Israel? Well, the, the issue with Israel, we are not commentators or analysts. Mm -hmm. We are an international authority, an international organization. Mm -hmm. We know that in the case of Israel, there is a policy of opacity. Mm -hmm. uh, many people assume they have nuclear weapons. They have not confirmed or denied. Israel is one of the few countries that have chosen not to be a part of the NPT. And we have been saying, and the IAEA signed the NPT put all your um, installations under the authority of the IEA. They have chosen not to do that, as some other countries but as well. Mm -hmm. So we see, because we are not naive, we see the differences that do exist. But isn't this a Western hypocrisy? Because on one hand, we know that it's widely perceived as being a nation, the eighth or ninth nuclear power in the world. Yeah. It, it, it has its so-called nuclear ambiguity. It's backed by some of the most powerful countries in the world. You're saying nothing, you're doing nothing. But when it comes to Iran, suddenly you are looking forward to implement some very tough restrictions against the Iranians. People are saying this is not fair. Well, and I understand. I understand the logic of that. The question is, mm -hmm. um, is the way to improve things to wreck the whole system? and to say, well, the NPT and the nuclear world order uh, is flawed because there are gaps uh -huh. here and there, my answer is definitely no. Iran, and I think, is doing the right thing in remaining within the NPT. Look at what happened with countries like North Korea that decided to isolate themselves, go their own way. It is very difficult for them. So, uh -huh. um, and what is it, to be, is it to be gained by having nuclear weapons? Uh, my impression is that they, in, instead of bringing stability, they bring a lot of instability and constant tension. But, but I think you agree with me that it's, it's also about time to ask the right questions. Like, for example, I think nuclear weapons are the most devastating things that have been created. Absolutely. How come that a handful nuclear armed countries threaten our survival, our very Well, yours is presence. a very philosophical, fundamental Yeah, but, but, but still, yes, that's the thing. And they are the ones who dictate the rules of the world. Yep. Do, do you find it uh, justified? Do you find it a sound? I think that we all um, subscribed and subscribe to the idea of a nuclear weapon-free world. This is indeed, indeed included in the NPT as okay. a goal that needs to be reached. And we do not forget um, about this. But then again, um, a jump uh, in, in an empty space without any norms, I don't think that is the solution. I see your point. You, uh, this is going to be a long way to go. Let me take you to something different, yes. which is basically nuclear energy. Do you think it could be the best answer to the climate change? I think there's no one single answer. What we say 
-hmm. is that nuclear has a place at the table. Mm -hmm. And this is not a proposition. This is happening, mm -hmm. including in this region where you have the United Arab Emirates with four uh, new nuclear power plants. You have Egypt building mm -hmm. nuclear power plants. At the moment, at the moment, for example, in Europe, where there's so much debate, half of the clean energy is of nuclear origin. Today, not in a, in a distant future. So nuclear energy is part of the equation. We believe in, of course, in a good articulation, in right. an intelligent mix with renewable energy. You seem to be a big supporter of the small modular uh, uh, reactors. reactors and the generation four reactors. Are they, s are they efficient? Are they safe? Well, uh, they are in development. Mm -hmm. um, I think that when you look at the nuclear, the global nuclear fleet, it is basically the big reactors. They are working, mm -hmm. they continue to obey. There are 440 something. But there is a general perception, you know, this about the nuclear energy, which is people, they're still haunted by their memories of what happened yeah. in Chernobyl and Fukushima. And they say with the spent fuel, with those traditional uh, technology, the potential for a disaster is there. This is why I people are saying. I think what you need to have is a very strong nuclear safety culture, mm -hmm. which is enforced by the IEA, among other things that, that, that we do. So to make sure that all these big reactors that are operating there, and mind you, they are being, because of the energy crisis, they are being extended. Now you have reactors that are going to be operating almost for a hundred years. The normal life used to be 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. They have been extended, they have been refurbished 40 and, and, and more. So what you need is a strong global authority that ensures that whoever is working on peaceful uses of nuclear energy follows the rule Thank and you. follows them strictly. Rafael Mariano Grossi, Director General of the International Atomic Energy Agency. Thank you for talking to us. It's Thank been you. a great pleasure. I really appreciate Thank it. You Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.